Bring in more revenue while saving money and differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack vying to win those guests by becoming more environmentally friendly. We will show you how easy it is and how cheap it can be, if not free, and share all the opportunities available. So join us each week as we take another step along the green path. That's one more step to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. Proudly sponsored by The Book Direct Show, a green vacation rental conference. Learn more at bookdirect.show. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Green Path podcast. Today my special guest is Niels Matheson who will share with us what Minute has done and has planned for their journey along the Green Path. Hello Niels, how are you? Hi Deborah, thanks for having me. Pleasure, thank you for coming along. <laughs> now I believe Minute has uh, done some things, they've started their journey along the Green Path and also Minute can help managers get going along the green path. So let's start off with Minute. Minute as a company, what is Minute doing? How did, first of all, sorry, how did the journey start with Minute? And then what are you doing? Um, so yeah, let, let's uh, let's wind back. Like Minute's mission has always been to make um, short-term rentals more sustainable and better in the communities that, that, that we work. Um, that was the origin, that's still what we do, um, but the focus was on making sure that property managers are good neighbors, that we have good relationships, and that we um, help guests be their best uh, when they're vacationing. So we've always had that sort of sustainability um, uh, aspect as a very core portion of the business. So it was quite natural then to, to start taking the next steps in terms of sustainability, not just in the community, but in the, in, in the world at large. Um, and we have approached it in two ways, and I think almost any company will, will, will have to do it in two ways, because there is, of course, a question like, what can Minute do for itself? And especially as a manufacturing company, you know, we make sensors, we ship them across the world. There is a lot we can, we, we can do there. Um, but the, the bigger lever is probably what we do with our hosts and property managers in helping to make their businesses more environmentally friendly. Mm. Um, and the 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 core here, like the thing that allows Minute to to be helpful, is that of course we have this unique uh, insight into um, into properties while guests are there, right? So we have a a, a privacy conscious monitoring solution that um, is mainly intended to be a uh, deterrent for for parties, but of course then we also know when people are in or out. We know how many people are in the property and we have environmental sensing so we know what the temperature is and, and uh, uh, what the indoor indoor climate is. Now what we started doing um, earlier this year um, was that we were leveraging that data in order to control um, heating and cooling to be a lot more energy efficient. And this, this came from our customers, like especially like our larger customers who mostly rely on, on our APIs rather than, rather than the dashboards. Um, they were using this in order to save money and to make uh, their uh, environmental footprint smaller. Mm -hmm. And so what we've done now is essentially take that idea and productized it um, so that it can be available to um, eventually any host with a smart thermostat or a smart AC. And, and so how does that work? Is there sort of like a cap to how hot or how cold you can actually make the 
the uh, air conditioning and the heating? Yes, that's that's one part of it to just to sort of set the the uh, the boundaries. But the the most important thing is really that. Um, what we unfortunately see often is that guests will come in to a property, they will turn on the AC, they don't want to return to, to a room that is like super, super hot to get. So they leave it running throughout the day when they're on the town. And that is very, very bad for the environment. And it's also costing a lot of money. So what, what, what we have done is essentially we, we can detect when a property is empty. Um, and then we set it in an energy saving mode. And then when the guest uh, uh, returns, we automatically turn it back on. And that way we sort of lower the time that either if it's in a hot climate, the AC has to be on, or if it's in a cold climate, the heating has to be, uh, has to be on. And we've seen um, with customers in Spain that we've saved as much as 250 uh, euros per year. Mm. Um, it's a little bit less in, in climates that are more, uh, more temperate, um, and that adds up to over half a ton of uh, uh, carbon dioxide emissions uh, yearly in a, in a typical hotel room. Mm -hmm. I, I know it's a very common thing to do, especially in summertime. You want to come back from the beach to a cool room, apartment, whatever. I know that. Can't you design it in a way that as a guest, I'm thinking I'm going to head back in an hour. I'll put the aircon on now. So it's cool when I walk in rather than being on for six hours while I'm not in. Is there a way maybe that I can turn it on even half an hour before I'm coming home? Is that, I mean, that, that could be ideal because I know that there are a few monitoring systems out there that say if the room is empty, it's not on. I don't know if there's any way around it. Like, you know, in the hotel, you stick a business card in there, it keeps the aircon on, electricity on. Um, people will try and find a way around it. But is there a way that you can actually give the guest what they want? I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you should do it, but I, I'm thinking out loud because I'm guilty of that. And uh, if people are doing it, I wonder if there's a way to help the guest and help the owner in terms of that expense. I think that's a great idea. And that's definitely something that we would consider for mm. uh, for the roadmap. Mm. Um, I, I, I think... Um, that um, um, giving guests control and letting them tell you what they are intending can, mm. of course, like, help you uh, help you control it. If we look at in the consumer space, um, you have devices like the Nest thermostat, for example, that will try to learn from your behavior as a consumer in your own home, um, and that is quite effective in um, in. In, in private homes. The, the problem in vacation rentals is, is twofold. One is that we want to maintain 100% privacy. That means we can't really uh, track your location the, mm -hmm. way, um, the way that you might do in a consumer, uh, in, in a consumer application. Um, and the, the other thing is, of course, like if you're a, a, a homeowner, um, then you know, you're in control, you set up the apps and, and, and all of these things. And we don't really want for um, uh, guests to have to install another app. Like we want to make sure yeah. that that experience is as smooth as it can be. Yeah. Not saying, not saying it's impossible. I'm definitely think we'll, uh, we'll get there with some combination of messaging and, and mm. maybe mm. Sort of light, uh, light apps, like, like a website. Yeah. Um, and I think, that can give us like the best of uh, best of both worlds. Yeah, I, I think if you did explain, if it is an app, 
or if it is something somehow built in, if you explained the reasoning behind it, I think people will understand the logic of not having the aircon on for six hours versus having it on for half an hour. And, yeah, and you might even give them that option only, right? Like, so turn it on for uh, um, for, for this amount of time, but yeah. not like an indefinite amount of time. Yeah, uh, exactly, exactly. And, and let them know that there are sensors, you know, in, if in half an hour you're not there, it's going to go off, you know, or mm -hmm. something like that. I mean, you don't want to set rules, but you want to actually make sure the guest understands why you have put this into practice to save not only money, but the planet and everyone's doing the right thing. And it's not a hard thing to do. It's, you know, let you know when you're coming home. Okay, interesting. Um, I just want to go back to what you're doing. Now, I did, I think, heard a, I heard a story about your packaging and where you were having your devices manufactured. So I think this is a very interesting story. Can you tell us that story, please? Yeah, when, when we started Minute, um, the the almost the only place in the world where you could um, manufacture in a um, like at, at the volumes that we needed and at the price that we needed um, was in China. Um, but that's, it's not 10 years ago, but it's more than five years ago. Mm. Um, and the world has actually changed a lot. And I, I would say one of the uh, really good things um, that's happened is that the manufacturing ecosystem is a little bit more distributed than it than it was, um, and with more uh, Western manufacturers moving into small volume production, um, there is also a lot more of them that are sustainable, sustainably uh, minded, and who are willing to work with you on um, making sure that you're not using materials that that aren't good for the environment, making sure that you keep supply chains short um, to make uh, uh, shipping, et cetera, more efficient. Mm. So about two years ago now, we embarked on a journey to um, go through every step in our supply chain and making sure that each of the suppliers that we picked were um, eco-friendly um, and with a, a uh, like living up to the sort of the certifications and things that you can mostly voluntarily but but still that are that are, that are out there um and that's everything from you know like the, the the plastic and the packaging but also actually things like our our hosting providers um mm -hmm. and the the things that we require to run the services behind the scenes and yes packaging was uh, packaging was part of that we have beautiful packaging and unfortunately the it's not compatible really to have this uh, uh flashy packaging with a very eco friendly mindset. And of course, then we would have uh, uh, prioritized the sustainability. So um, next year at the very latest, when you are uh, purchasing minute sensors, they will come in uh, um, recycled cardboard and they will also be very snug and slim to make sure that we are uh, not shipping air around the world. Mm. Oh, that's great. Great. Now, in terms of what minute uh, is doing or is in the process of doing and in terms of uh, what you offer property managers with your devices do you push that message do you share that message out there um with uh, towards our property managers yes to just about what minute is doing do you share with everyone that you are actually walking along the green path you are making changes in within your own business and you are enabling other property managers to start taking steps too do you share that 
Yeah, so we have a, a customer success team that works especially with our uh, really large customers, and they are doing um, this almost like on a consultative basis with the uh, um, um, the largest emitters. Um, for for Q3, we're working on a uh, new resource center where um, we are trying to empower also the the smaller hosts to take the same kind of steps because it can be quite daunting. Like, mm. you know, how do I install a, a thermostat? Which one should I get? Like, and how does it work with my um, lock and access systems? How can I how can I bring this together? Uh, so that is something that we're actively uh, actively working on. But we are. Um, already working with our our large customers we're trying to learn from them um, and then we're trying to make it so that everyone regardless of size really can um, um, benefit from from the from the learnings from the the larger companies yeah that's great now and also within your own office are you you're not all working remotely are you we have um, uh, two offices at minute. We have one in Sweden and then we have one in London, mm -hmm. but it's almost at 50% of the staff is remote now, actually. So okay. as we've been growing, especially in the US, um, France, Spain, Portugal, uh, more and more of the staff uh, are, are remote. Um, but yes, we have a we have an office in uh, in in Sweden. I'm sitting on a on a on a on a desk with recycled wood. Mm -hmm. Like uh, we are, um, of course, taking steps here as well. That's great. Um, just just the other week, I think one of the things that have been very um, fun on this journey is how much the whole team has gotten engaged. Mm -hmm. um, and um, um, just a few weeks ago, one of our engineers uh, came and he was like, "We're doing all these things, but you know, we're we're buying we're buying." coffee from uh, some provider that doesn't seem to have any credentials mm. so we've even switched out the coffee wow <laughs> uh, to make sure that we are uh, living up to our own ideals yeah look bob garner had uh, had given this analogy of going green as eating a packet of chips once you start you can't stop there's something else and there's something else and when you become aware of something oh we should be doing that too and it's not hard to change a coffee provider but it all adds up in the end it does <laughs> It does. I think there's something to that, that it, and also um, that it's that it's a journey, right? Like, uh, yes, it's not something where you you know check off a few boxes and then you're you're sort of done. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it needs to be part of your mindset. It needs to be part of your design process. It needs to be part of how you prioritize the 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 roadmap and how you work with your customers. So it really needs to be something that is um um part of the the cultural values that you have in the business mm -hmm. well i think um what you said before about all of your suppliers sorry everyone along your supply chain everyone you deal with is helping you become a little bit more eco-friendly they're telling you about the, the materials to make your devices or telling you about you know, the green way of shipping or you don't have to know everything because your suppliers will also share their knowledge. So, you know, it just starts to snowball as you go along the path. Yeah. When I was at Apple, we had, uh, of course, tremendous, tremendous leverage over our supply chain, right? Like you could um, tell a supplier that if you're not uh, living up to the very high bar that we set, then we're not going to buy from you. And that's obviously a, a very... Um, um, like it's a very, very, very strong method of making your supply chain better. As a very small business, um, which ultimately all of us are in the, uh, in this universe, mm. um, it's much harder to coerce your uh, your suppliers. But what you can do is you can pick suppliers that are already um, uh, doing the right things. Mm. And 
I, I find like every time when we look at uh, uh, like specific um, portions of the supply chain um, that there are those who care more and there are those who care less. Um, and it's it's not so difficult to incorporate that in the decision process. You mm. Every time you're probably uh, making a choice with very many parameters and you need to balance very many different things. Establishing uh, sustainability as one of those parameters that you have to look at um, next to, you know, value and price and speed and uh, reliability, whatever it may be, um, it comes quite naturally once you uh, once you start thinking about it. Mm, yeah, that's good. And also, I was just going to mention before about um, the packet of chips. So there was one company that they've, they've worked on their office, you know, the, the office is sustainable and they don't fly so much, or they offset their carbon when they fly. But they're trying to expand it to the whole building because they said, well, what's the point of just us being it? We, we want the whole building to go green. So it's really great. They're trying to convince the whole building. So uh, it's really nice that when you get going, you sort of expand and you look at all the different parts of the supply chain. You look at the, the whole building that your office happens to be sitting in and, uh, yeah, it does. Uh, it does grow with the with the. Eh, that's a good great. idea. I'm going to go and knock on some doors here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's great. So, um, are there any other uh, devices that you're working on uh, in terms of sustainability for property? You always want to know the secrets, Deborah. You always want to know the next thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> now, after this, we're done. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do any more inventions. <laughs> okay, stick with that. Okay. Mm. Anything more to add in terms of your journey? Oh, so you said you started off with sustainability in mind. It wasn't that someone had their light bulb moment and said we should do this. But is there anything more you should add about your journey or advice to people that haven't taken that first step yet? Um, one thing I would say is to involve your customers. Um, that to me was like, like a, a um, light bulb moment, if, if you will, that this is not something that um, you need to do in isolation, right? Like the magic really happens when one business can help another and we can we can both benefit. So I would look for those types of things, like what can you do as a business that helps someone else? Mm. Um, and then you get this very, very nice uh, uh, flywheel going. Mm. That's lovely. That's a lovely message to end on. Niels, thank you very, very much for your time. And I'll pop okay. some links in the comments below and, uh, and we'll continue this conversation another time. Thank yeah, you very much, Niels. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's always great to speak to you, Deborah. Thank you. Bye. Bye.